How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Blind. I am your host, Chris Adams. However you are listening to this thing, make sure you hit that subscribe button and uh, leave us a feedback, comment, review. If you hit the subscribe button, it lets you know when a new episode is up. It automatically sends a little little notification to your phone, so you don't have to ask me when the new one's out. Um, And it also looks like on the iTunes and stuff like that, it gives you the episode like a day earlier than everybody else. I've had a lot of comments that the episode's not available, and then they'll hit the subscribe button, and it'll instantly show up in their library. So, if you hit that subscribe button, you get a little advanced preview for the system to, uh, you know, redo or whatever, and actually put the episode in. If you are not following along with us on social media, hit BTBN on Facebook and Instagram. That is where we do almost everything, so give us a like and a follow on that stuff. That is where we are doing the head-to-head callmaker build-off. Um, a lot of really cool stuff. We are out of the first round. 16 have cut it down to 8. And uh, just some really, really cool calls that are coming out, man. I am uh, so excited for that thing. We announced the next material is going to be Maple and Micarta, which is going to be just insane combinations. I kind of give the guys open form on what they want to do with it as long as it has that stuff on there. So we only got a couple of weeks, so those calls are due, and it's going to be a lot of fun with that stuff. So if you want to get in on the closed group, BTBN Podcast on Facebook, just go ahead and send me a request, and uh, I will... That's where I do all the, the earliest updates and stuff like that is uh, in that group, and I listen to the most feedback out of that group because I don't have time to go through every single message I have. It's just too crazy. If you want to get yourself a paperweight of a duck call, hit me up. Um, the list is, the list is a little bit long, but, uh, you know, I'll get to you at some point and it'll be a a pretty cool looking duck call that you can also use as a really nice paperweight. So, uh, yeah, if you want to get one, just hit me up. If you want to get yourself some adult, nice, classy apparel, check out Fox Red Apparel on Instagram. Those guys have really, really cool Simple designs. It's made for grown-ups, no bedazzled jean-wearing folks. And uh, go ahead and check them out over on the Instagram. They're uh, putting out some really cool stuff. Today, I have another call maker on here. He reached out to me to try to get uh, a a blank supplier um, company onto the... I'm trying to think of the best way to word it. But a blank supplier onto the podcast. And we got that set up for a future date. But uh, I also reached out to him... And wanted to talk to him a little bit about his call company. So, without further ado, Mr. Matthew Hicks. Matt, how is it going, buddy? Going pretty good. Just uh, hanging out, enjoying my Sunday. Day off a little bit here. Yeah, man, I understand that. It's the first weekend of real football back. It is... Dude, it was weird. We had the Chiefs game on Thursday... And uh, no preseason, and college has been kind of a joke around these parts, so it's like, it feels weird for it to be a football day. I just got back from Walmart, and everybody was like, buying all the chips and beer and stuff like that, and I was like, oh yeah, there's football on today. Yeah, we don't have uh, Big Ten football right now, so it's kind of sad. Uh, I'm a big high State fan, so kind of a big deal to us that there's no football that's who we mainly watch and it's uh, a little depressing yeah, it's it's really strange. I don't know why the Big Ten is one of the few that aren't. I saw something the ACC is still planning on playing as of now, and then 
Oklahoma came into Springfield, where I live at, in Missouri State, and just beat the brakes off of us and gave us a million dollars. You know, one of those things. But uh, it's weird that some leagues aren't playing and some are. It's just college football, to me, is a wash this year. I kind of am like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, for this year, it's kind of like, what's the point? Just because everyone's not playing. I don't know. And they're still going to have the playoffs, so I don't know. Well, hopefully football in the NFL variety, uh, you know, kind of brings us back to normal because I'm I'm a huge Braves fan and the Braves are absolutely freaking stroking everybody right now. I mean, they're they're having a great season. I wish it was a regular season. So if they do end up winning the World Series, which I'm not saying they're going to, it'd be like, sweet, man, they won the World Series. This year it's going to be like, well, yeah, but they won during that terrible corona season where half the teams didn't even play and it's kind of like the nba playoffs lebron just advanced to the next round last night you couldn't even told me that basketball was on until i i logged on to espn this morning just to see who's playing who in the nfl and what time games are starting so like all the other sports are a wash and i could care less about them but now that football but football's back on hopefully it's back to normal man yeah, it kind of takes the legitimacy out of the entire season. If you, I mean, if you win a championship or something, it's like, well, half the teams didn't play. You know, so it kind of takes the legitimacy from it. I feel like, but as far as baseball, basketball, I don't watch hardly. I don't watch any of that. I don't even know what's going on there. Red suck. I know that, and <laughs> I just don't watch NBA or anything. <laughs> uh, I just stick to football and hunting this time of year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't blame you, man. Our teal season this weekend just opened up, and, dude, it is so foggy. Our visibility is, like, literally 30 or 40 yards. Yesterday, we didn't have a, a huge amount of birds. I think we saw, like, a dozen, but we shot eight out of the dozen. So it was like, eh, it was cool, you know, and it was only 15 minutes from the house. We didn't camp out or anything crazy like that, so it was worth it. Then we went out today. And you couldn't see the waterfront, and we never saw anything other than wood duck zipping around. We're like, eh, well, at least we didn't go anywhere for this, because this would have sucked if we had traveled an hour. Yeah, I know what you mean there. Um, but uh, usually I don't even hunt early season. This year we kind of got hooked up with some guys about an hour north, um, which there's a lot more birds up there and stuff. And uh, we've been shooting the crap out of them uh five through five hunts shot 110 birds so Woo! is uh, that honkers yeah 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 just honk, just honkers right now um which that actually closed today closes today and then teal season goes on for a little bit but really i don't our local lake we don't get any teal there or anything so honestly i'm just gonna stick to trying to make some more calls right now for when regular season comes in i can actually get the hunt right right i would trade you out on the honkers any day <laughs> that is my favorite thing to hunt and i started hunting yesterday and i kind of was i th grabbed my lanyard and threw my call back on there and i was like dude i didn't even make myself a call yet to hunt this season you know i just threw one of my old ones on there and uh then i came home after after hunting, I was like, well, I got to make myself a season call. 
So I spent the rest of the afternoon doing that, and I was like, you know, I didn't care. It was just kind of a, a relaxing, hey, I'm going to do whatever I want. There's no picture. I don't care if it gets shared to anything. Like, I'm just making my own call because the way that I do it is I make one for every season, and then I put it up on the mantle at the end of the year so I can line them up throughout the years that I've been making calls and hunting, and it's just kind of like my own little trophy for myself, like a, you know, a timeline. And, uh, so yeah, man, that was really fun. And I'm just, it's just feels weird that it's hunting season again. Like it, 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 it's been such a weird summer. Yeah, it's definitely been a weird summer. Um, but yeah, I like that idea of, uh, the calls you hunt with, taking them off later at the end of the year and putting them on a mantle and kind of having that throughout the years. I think that'd be cool to pass on to your kids or something too, or however, yeah, but I'm kind of bad at that. I'm kind of bad at that myself. With uh, I just throw whatever on the lanyard I have laying around. It might be a uh, just a messed up part or something, or like I got a call on the lanyard now that don't even have a band on, and I just kind of throw throw calls on, and I just roll. I, I need to get need to get something made for myself that actually needs a little bit something. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I did for the first. Uh two or three years that I was making them, I just threw whatever on there. I didn't really care what it was. I never was a fancy call. It was usually a screw-up of some sort. And then uh, there was one year that I I had, like, three different calls on my lanyard that I made, you know, and just kind of changed them out. Anytime I would come up with something and make a tweak to a tone board or a back pressure or anything like that, you know, throw it on the lanyard and hunt it for a month. And, uh... I got to the point, I was like, man, I really need to just make myself a nice call that I can keep. And, uh, you know, it's not impressive now. I just have four or five calls in a row for the last four or five seasons. And, uh, but what it's a, what's it going to look like 10 years from now? That's where it's going to be cool. Yeah, that's, that would be cool. Uh, like I said, that's something I need, to, I need to do is just start making something for myself for once rather than everyone else. But kind of, you kind of get stuck in that routine of making a work, or you know, getting orders made and getting them out, and you don't really do, you really don't do anything for yourself. Yeah, yeah, man, I I feel you. That's how I didn't have one made up until the day of the opener. <laughs> um, dude, let's talk about some of your calls, man. How did you get into this call making thing? Um, honestly, it wasn't my idea to start with. It was uh. My dad, I was finishing up college, and this was really not that long ago. This was, um, he, he bought a lathe in like October, maybe September of 2017. He bought a jet, just something to do, just to kill time, because, you know, off-season's boring as heck, and just something to do, with, rather than, I don't know. Rather than waste somebody on other thing, he decided, to, he decided to kind of make some calls and stuff, and uh, had the buddies over, and we wanted to get everybody calling our hunting group and things like that. And uh, it's kind of where it started. And then by December, I finished up school then. And by then, everyone was kind of burnt out and done with it, uh, except for me and my, my good hunting buddy, Zach. And we decided, well, let's see if we can make a few, and I'll throw them online on Facebook and see if we can sell them. You know, I don't know. By then, they had already kind of had the uh, tone board stuff kind of figured out to where they could teach me and him and stuff. 
so that learning curve was it wasn't completely gone but you know it, that helped us out a lot um so yeah december 2017 we just threw some online on facebook see if we could sell them they sold right away we started thinking of names of what we could kind of call ourselves and uh um come up with last flight calls after like two or three weeks of trying to go back and forth trying to figure out what the heck you know we want to call ourselves that someone else already didn't come up with you know right but other than that i mean really the first couple years well so 2018 we it was more of just a hobby um we didn't do anything with it really just I mean, we sort of uh, 200 calls that year probably all hand turned you know that's and, that's um, more than just a hobby buddy that's a lot of freaking calls <laughs> well I spent a lot of time out there that's for sure <laughs> I didn't really know what we were going for but I just spent a lot of time out there turning calls uh, uh, and then you know so all 2018 you know we did that and then 2019 come around and uh, you know back still hand turning until probably September or October 2019 still hand turning grinding out and we we started getting more popular and stuff we're still not really I don't really think we're that popular but you know just got more fans and things like that and people wanting to collect our stuff and uh, we decided you know we've done it for a year and a half or close to two years now you know, we, we want to keep doing this as a hobby and screw it around, or we want to try to make this a business and go to the next level, or a little bit to the next level. So that's when we bought our first CNC machine. That was uh, at the end of September. Uh, really, didn't have a clue what we were getting into there. It's kind of a gamble, you know. And really, we didn't know much about CNC machines. My dad uh, knows a lot about CNC machines. He's done that his whole life. So really, if it wasn't for him, we probably would have done it like we did. But anyways, we decided to go that route. Uh, had it going in a month and a half. Took a lot of time to really dial it in and figure out, you know, what what the heck we were even doing because it's uh, pretty complex when it comes to that. Yeah, did you listen to uh, Alex Yerges' episode? The- I did, and it, it really reminded me a lot of kind of how we started things. Yeah, he got caught sneaking into a technical school, <laughs> snaking lessons from other students. Yeah, I, I heard that. I had to laugh at that one. We didn't go that far. I had my dad two blocks over that helped us out or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a huge help, man. So, uh, so yeah, so then November, by the first of November, we had that machine going, and uh, really through November to the end of the year, uh, you know, we, we really kind of blew up a little bit, just being able to have inventory on hand, um, rather than just make one at a time and sell it, we had, we had inventory now, and um, January, uh, but we bought a mill then in January, um, just to help with consistency of tone boards, obviously, and doing that many calls, we wanted we wanted to, you know, really dial in the consistency of 
everything across the board. You know, I didn't really want to do any big orders. You know, I didn't want to send out like more than 10 calls at a time to one guy because they're, they're all going to sound 100% completely different, you know, and that, that just drove me absolutely nuts. So we decided to get a little uh, mini mill or whatever. So we started seeing, seeing those. Um, and then I was ready to, you know, try to blow it up even more. That was the goal. Yeah, man, you, uh, for anybody that's listening, we kind of have a little slight delay, so we're purposely waiting in between talking. So, um, yeah, that's that's wicked, man, because you're doing something that a lot of guys, I think, have considered, because turning 200 calls, hand-turning 200 calls is a hell of a lot, um, and going and jumping into that next stage, because I think a lot of guys have thought about you know, making this a, a full-time business and, like, trying to weigh the the pros and the cons and how they're going to approach it. Like, uh, you seem like a pretty young guy. Are you in your, your mid-20s? Yeah, I'm 26 years old. and um, is, is that what you're doing full-time now? Um, we're still putting a lot back into it to help build it up as fast as we can. Uh, it's full-time hours, not full-time pay. <laughs> yeah, right, so right. Got, <laughs> I do insurance on the side as well, so that's where I make my money to pay the bills. Um, but as far as full-time, I mean, I'm, we, I put in about 35 hours a week in the shop on average, and then we also got uh, my buddy Zach. He puts in like 20 hours. Dad puts in 20 hours. My brother helps out, uh, and then we have a, a hired hand. He does all the polishing and stuff like that for us. Um, so all together, I mean, we put quite a bit of time in, but as far as money part of it, we're still just trying to invest as much as we can back into it until um, we can get a point where all three of us, because me, Zach, and my dad are all co-owners, where all three of us can um, take the leap and go, full-time or collect a decent check at least off of it you know well yeah exactly the way that you are doing it now is allowing you to grow and keep pushing i think that's a lot of the problem guys don't see the amount of time and effort that go into starting a business like that that is where you're still working another job man you're doing it in every waking moment of you know of being quote unquote off work you're going out and doing your secondary job trying to build it or build it and if you were taking a big paycheck off of that or trying to not a big paycheck but trying to replace your income with that you know you guys could end up killing this thing dead in the water but the way that you're doing it you're putting it back into the business and building that foundation and I think that's a a really cool and uh overlooked part that I don't think a lot of people know much about especially in the the custom call world because it's it's tough everybody's used to the hand turned stuff and the guy doing you know 250 a year and making that jump into the 2000 a year cnc and stuff like that like i think so many guys have thought about it and pondered it but there's no there's no good road map for guys to do it yeah i agree and, uh, I mean, I just, honestly, hand-turning, you know, that many, you know, 200, whatever, 
every other day I'll answer a call, more or less. And then, I don't know, I was just getting old, I guess. It's kind of getting burnt out. I mean, I still enjoyed it a lot, you know, um, just being out there, just making calls, you know, by myself or whatever, listening to the radio and this and that. I still enjoyed it a lot, but I didn't want to do that forever. So we decided, you know, hey, let's, let's take a gamble and see if we can't, you know, try to make this more of a business rather than just a hobby turning calls and paying for some button stuff every year. You know, something like that. We just decided to, that we wanted to, we wanted more out of it than that. So that's kind of the direction we went. Just kind of took the jump and said heck with it. Um, and, and it kind of helped, like all of our machines and stuff, we found really, really, really good deals on. You know, we didn't go out and buy a $50,000 machine by any means at all, you know. We found some extremely, extremely good deals on what we had, on what we got. Um, so that helped us a lot. Um, and we always knew that if it did flop, we could always get our money back out uh, of the money we had invested. You know, we could sell that CNC machine for what we bought it today for, you know, uh, things like that. So the risk, you know, we were willing to take on it just because of that, more or less, too. Very cool, man. What And so what was your initial groundwork, like, plan? Once you're like, hey, we're going to stop doing this as a hobby, what are we going to do to make this into a business? So, yeah, we got together, had a meeting, and we, we had monthly meetings still. Um, and, you know, at the beginning of the year, January, that's when we really decided, you know, what are we going to do? to hit our numbers, you know, so we come up with, you know, monthly goals, you know, first year goals, five year plan, 10 year plan, like the whole shebang, you know, we talked about how many calls we needed to sell each year, um, whether that's wholesale or off our website, you know, whatever, we, we had it all mapped out, to, you know, we had a bunch of little goals that added up to the big goal, um, and that's, that really helped us kind of uh, ease into things and, and take that extra jump to kind of go the business route with it all. Yeah. And uh, are you guys doing wholesale now or are you guys mainly selling off your website? So, yeah, we do, we do a lot on our website, but we also do a little bit wholesale. We are in Pacific Flyway Supply out in California. And we are in uh, Great Lakes Outdoor Supply in Northern Ohio. Um, so we, we are in two stores. Um, and then also on Instagram, we do a lot through there, uh, like these waterfowl uh, guys, groups, you know, just small groups that have a website for apparel and this and that. Um, they, they hit us up for, hey, you know, five by 10 calls, what's the price? You know, I want to resell them with our logo. I'm like, so that we do a lot that way too through Instagram. Um, so so we do, is sorry to cut you off. Is that like you're, they're putting their logo on it, like they're uh, wanting to private label almost like that, or that it's a, a last flight call with just their their company logo on there as well? So yeah, it's not completely theirs because we still want part of that. So we put their logo. They're, they're the main logo, and then we got our logo on it too. Um, usually on the insert or something like that. We got our 
logo at the bottom of the insert, and then we got their logos on the barrels and stuff. That's kind of how we do that. Um, you know, and it's a way for them to make money and, and for us to make money, so it's kind of a, a win-win, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, that's a really interesting way. I've seen a couple of different private label situations, but it's always interesting to hear that type of stuff. Yeah, um, so that's the social media part of everything has really opened up a lot for us. Um, you know, one of the things with making it a business is we had to figure out the marketing side of things, and that one was extremely tough um, because you just you know for us I mean we just never knew you know, say you spent a thousand dollars on something you don't really know where that's you know how that's going to help you or where that's getting you you know what I mean mm-hmm. and you don't want to when you're growing a business and stuff you don't want to you know a thousand dollars means a lot you don't want to just throw that you know in the toilet uh, you know on, on anything you know well yeah and I think you being 26 and your buddies helping you run it and your dad, like, it's no offense to anybody that's, you know, 35 to 40, but growing up with social media is a game changer. And, like, to me, I'm doing this, you know, with the podcast. I sell calls. I do, you know, some of the uh, the little different stuff. Like, I'm always reaching out to guys that are, like, 18, 19, and picking their brain about what the heck are they doing on social media because that's how you need to target your marketing. Because if kids are using it, us old fuckers in our 30s, we're going to be using it a year later, you know? Yeah, and it's really, I mean, you can't just get on there and make a post. I guess there's a lot more to it than that. We have to figure that out. Like, uh, just using hashtags and the frequency of, posting and I mean the whole thing we had to kind of I figured you know late last year I kind of did a lot of research on that and and figured that out and since then that's really helped us a lot Um, we do we do pay for some ads but um, there's half of it's probably organic still so well and that's the thing right now is Instagram your guys' bread and butter um no uh, honestly, the Facebook ads are yeah um, through our through our website, which you've probably seen them on there. <laughs> um, uh, probably like organically, Facebook twenty five percent and Instagram twenty five percent. Then the rest are just people, whether it's through ads, word of mouth, whatever, that just get on the website and order something that um, I don't have a clue who they are. You know what I mean? Just it's that kind of style. Well, and the way that the, like, if you look at Google AdWords and, um, like, all the pixel and stuff like that on Facebook, I don't know if you've ever messed with that on your website, it's so hard to track where your buyers are coming from when you're looking at if your ads are working, because if somebody sees it on Facebook, they see your ad the first time, and they click on it, and they don't buy it. And then they jump on to Instagram and they see your ad and they click on your stuff and maybe they click on a couple of different calls but they don't buy it. And then they jump on Google organically and they type in something, well, holy hell, now a freaking a duck call from last slide is showing up on their ads on Google 
and they're like, you know what, I'm gonna buy this sucker, and they click on that. So now Facebook, Instagram, and Google are both reading that they sold you something, f- sold something for you, and you're like, oh sweet, it says I sold three calls through these three different outlets, and you only ended up actually selling one. So you're trying to figure it out because all three of them want to charge you money for the advertising budget part of it. And you're like, okay, well, I didn't sell three calls. Like, who the heck is supposed to get this money? And it just makes it really difficult to track where all that's coming from. Yeah, it is. So that was the scary part for us was we didn't want to blow money on something that wasn't going to work. Um, One of the other cool things with what we're doing is... um, Say you've never been to our website, but you've been to Zinc or Buck Garner or Echo or RT, and then um, our, I don't know how to say it, but now we're, we're, we're also hitting the lookalike people. So the people that have been on websites similar to ours are now seeing our stuff in ads. So they may have never even been to our website, but now that they've been to another call company, now they're seeing our ads too. So that's something else pretty cool that's helped us out i think oh yeah the lookalikes are probably the most important part of it you know because it's like you spend a a a vast majority of your money trying to build your uh, initial cold audience people that have never even heard of you and you get that awareness and then you build that lookalike audience uh based off of customers you know that you've converted or people that look like your customers that may not have heard of you and it's targeted and it's like that's where the real bread and butter of that stuff is and do facebook more ads and all that stuff is just a a whole deep like there could be a book for every single algorithm change you know of how to do it is that something that you have to like constantly keep up on is what what the algorithm changes and stuff like that are what's working today and what's working you know because it's like you can figure out the best way to advertise and then the next day the algorithm could change and you're back to square one so i mean really we started doing paid ads and stuff in july i think so we're only like i've been doing this for two months i don't know a lot still learning a lot um but as far as i know which i think is it's always updating uh as more people visit our site and check out you know things like that it's recording that and building it up um and i i think it's just continuously kind of updating on who it's hitting um now as far as the ads replacing you know those are gonna those will probably have to change but like i said i'm going we've only been doing that for two months you know so um still learning comes on that yeah yeah i mean you're building that initial audience with your paid side of things. I, I'm talking a, a lot about uh, the organic part of it, too. Like, 2017, when you started in 2018, if you made a Facebook Live video, I mean, you were pushed right to the top. Everybody saw it. You get, you know, tens of thousands of views with zero effort whatsoever. And now it's... Dude, I made a, a Facebook Live video, and one of my buddies who is on our page as an admin didn't even know that I had went live yet. And I was like, wait, what? Like, that used to be an instant notification. And uh, they've really tweaked it to where you don't get that same type of exposure. Whereas, like, Instagram right now, if you post a reel, like, that is the best organic view that you can get. 
because Reels is brand new. They're trying to replace TikTok. And uh, they're putting a lot of effort into that. Kind of how Stories was last year. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Facebook's also pretty glitchy at times. That don't help. But um, as far as the first two years building up kind of our audience, uh, you know, we were just on Facebook. And I was just sharing the different groups and stuff like that. Um, you know, so the social media stuff, we kind of, we wanted to hit more than, I mean, there's definitely plenty of people hit on Facebook and Instagram, but we wanted to kind of hit more than that. That's kind of why we went that the paid ads and stuff, um, to kind of hit more people than who, who know about us or see us, you know, people on Facebook. I mean, you've probably seen a hundred of my shared posts or posts or anything like that on Facebook. You've probably seen a crap ton, you know. So we kind of wanted to reach out and hit the people that weren't seeing it or maybe just ignoring us. I don't know. But, yeah. I mean, that's what that's what sucks about it. You just don't know. You don't really know what's doing what with the marketing. That You know, you can spend money here and you might see, you know, we're spending money on paid ads, for example. But I don't know if that's, if that's boosting our sales or if it's just the time of year. You know what I mean? That's a good example, kind of. You just don't know, really. Well, I I know that paid ads, man, right now are still the best, like, bang for your buck on social media. It is insanely cheap. I listen to a lot of freaking Gary V, and that dude is, you know, have you ever listened to him? I am not. Oh, holy cow, dude. Subscribe to Gary Vandercheck's <laughs> freaking podcast. That dude is insane, and he's always, like, right now, he's starting a text platform app he thinks that texting is going to be the next marketplace so like you can sign up for a service and i think it's free and he just sends you like little uh little hey how's it going type things throughout mass text or he sends you hey this new app is about to drop i think it's going to be big you might want to look at marketing on there like it's the dude is just a uh, a social media freak when it comes to that type of stuff but uh He's always looking for what I think a lot of us business guys are looking for is the best bang for your buck, the most underpriced attention. Where, like Facebook, Facebook Live, like I said three years ago, was the best bang for your buck. I mean, as long as you had a camera and could hit record, you were getting, you know, the reach of twenty to fifty thousand people for free. Now you can't do it like that anymore. Um, but like with the Instagram stories and the freaking stuff like that. And, you know, your paid advertising is still cheap. If you look at, like, say you wanted your calls to be uh, to be on TV. You wanted to go buy a commercial on the Outdoor Channel. That, co- that cost is astronomical versus how many people are even watching TV anymore. And then you have to think about, like, when you're streaming something... Say you don't pay the fifteen ninety nine, you're only paying nine dollars a month for Hulu, and a freaking commercial pops up on Hulu. And you're like, what in the heck is this? A damn commercial? I'm gonna wait three more seconds and then I'm gonna fast forward through this thing. Nobody watches commercials anymore. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it. Uh, yeah. So if you can put. Yeah, I think in- it- Go ahead, buddy. I, I was gonna say yeah. I mean, I think it's all mostly uh, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, you can generate a lot of uh, reach 
with just those three places for not a lot of money at all. Especially, and if you can make it look natural, like a regular post or a regular video, say you sponsor a Instagram story, like you're going to put your ad in Instagram stories, because what's everybody do when they get on Instagram? They click on the first story that's up, and they're like, oh, heck, Josh posted today. Let's let's see what Mr. Raggio's got going on. Cool. Swipe right after his is done. Well, what's the next one up? Swipe right. And you just keep swiping until you see stuff that's cool. And then you see one for like Tylenol pop up. And you're like, well, this is garbage. This is an app. Swipe, 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 you know? But if you can make it look like a natural video or piece of content, which a lot of you guys are getting so good at these days, that's what gets the views, you know, the conversions. Yeah, that gets, that's what, that's where the bread and butter is really, social media. Um, then you talk about conversion. That's another thing we had to kind of figure out was with our website, you know, beginning of this year, our website was garbage. And, uh, you know, a good website will really help your con- uh, conversion rate, you know, which is when someone gets on and then if, say, 100 people get on and one might buy something, you know. Um, so we had to really dial our website in for that as well to make the most thing for a buck on these ads. What's a, uh, how long have you had the website up and running and stuff? Um, we've always had a website, but as far as a good website, I've only had it running for probably two months. Um, it was halfway decent for the first part of the year, but uh, we've really, um, I've really figured out and learned a lot in the last couple, three months. And our website, I think, is pretty sweet now. Yeah, I was on it. It flows really well, and I think that's another thing that is so important because you guys are doing it as a uh, trying to do it as a business and you guys are doing a good job as a business so many hand-turned guys and I had a website for myself and all I do is like 100 to 150 hand-turned calls a year I'm not worried about doing it full-time but I had a website because you know this was back in 2016 15 because that's just what you did you built a website and I sat down on my MacBook and put a bunch of time into it and all that type of stuff and linked it up and somebody jumped on it, and they're like, hey, dude, your website is terrible. I'm like, what? And they're like, I clicked on it on my phone, and it is freaking horrible. It Nothing is fit. Nothing looks good. And I'm like, well, here, look at it on my laptop. And they're like, well, that looks completely different. Well, who the hell gets onto the freaking websites on their laptop anymore? If you are not building for a phone-first experience, you are behind the times, and you are screwing yourself over your guys' is really clean for the phone. Yeah, I really like it. So, I mean, I had to learn a lot of stuff to really dial the website in. Because, I mean, we looked at paying some people, and the number was just ridiculous on how much they wanted. I mean, it was probably accurate, but I wasn't willing to give up thousands of dollars for someone to work on a website, you know. That's just crazy to me. <laughs> Well, and especially when it's something that if you have the motivation and desire, you can teach yourself. Or you can hire somebody and have them in-house and have them polishing calls, but one of their side gigs is also managing the freaking website, you know? <laughs> yeah, that would be a good idea, for sure. Um, I'm going to kind of flip that a little bit. One of the other things we want to do this year that to help get our name out and and reach more people and sell more calls when going to shows and stuff. So that was another thing that outlined in our goals um, was we need to go 
I mean, we had a whole calendar made up. You know, we're going to this show. You know, this is the time frame. This is what it costs for a boot space. Uh, all that stuff. Just had it all dialed in. And then next thing you know, all the shows were canceled. We had to really kind of figure out another way to reach a lot of people and, and just constantly sell calls, you know, stay in business. So yeah. that was an interesting, yeah, that, kind of an interesting time. <laughs> My bad. I keep screwing up this delay. Um, yeah, that's so. With all the shows being canceled, man, it just is a. It's almost like a wasted year, for a lot of people with different plans and stuff that they have to do. You have to find a way to to pivot and figure out a different direction. But it it definitely like screws up the whole beginning of the year meeting. And you're like, hey, what are we gonna do this year? Here's our goals. So now where it's like, hey, we're back to the drawing board. Yeah, for sure. And I really wanted to get out and meet a lot of guys, um, you know, from calling us or, you know, whatever, just customers or anybody else, call other call makers and things like that. And we didn't get to do that this year. Hopefully next year is different. Um, hopefully next year we get we get some shows to go to. I agree, man. Um, I see you using a lot of the Deadshot stuff, man. What do you think about that? Um, I think it's some pretty sweet stuff. Um, seems like he's always... Uh, running out of it though. <laughs> uh, every time I call him, you don't you don't have what I want, but that's a good thing, you know. Everybody wants it. Uh, I've been fortunate to get quite a bit of it, no doubt. Um, but as far as material stuff, it's uh, it's it's really it's they've really stepped up the cast acrylic game. Um, I think they're leaving Spark Tech in the dust on that stuff. They're really, I mean, just like their new rod, that two tone bass boat. Mm-hmm. I mean. Who thought you could ever really do that with cast? You know, I didn't think that was available. You know what I mean? It's crazy stuff. Yeah, they are changing the game and taking it over from being a monopoly. And you know, you know, whatever brand, Spartek, setting their own prices and hey, this is what it is. Like now, there's competition in the game, and it's like if I'm going to pay the same price, I want you know something different, which is really really cool just to see you know a new player in the game i i don't know i have a big uh big interest in people that are starting their own business and going out there and figuring it out and killing it like that is you guys are the type of guys that i like to talk to i think that's why i do this podcast and enjoy it so much is because i love picking dudes brains on what the heck they're doing yeah for sure i'm a big fan of that type of stuff too um but you know as far as dead shot another thing that I really love about them is the customer service side of things. Um, I mean, I could just send Brian a message right now in five minutes. He's going to have everything figured out if I have a problem or anything, you know. So that side of things is just, it's really, it's really awesome. You know, I don't have to make a phone call or this or that. You know, all I do is send a message and I can go off and, and continue working or something rather than sitting on hold or on a phone call with someone. You know, and they got to ask somebody else in the office because they don't know. And, you know what I mean? That type of thing. Yeah, I agree, man. Well, Matt, what's the uh, what's the new plan? What's the new thing you're working on right now? Um, we do have some pretty some pretty cool stuff in the works um, with that shot, actually. Uh, but I can't really say that yet. <laughs> um, as far as that, I mean, we we still we have. So we have four call models, two goose calls, and two ducks. We, you know, I still have, I still have, I don't even know how many, 
four or five or six calls I want to release. They're all different. Um, so we still have a lot to uh, get out there to, to, to people. Um, just don't want to kind of release it all at once, though. Um, plus, we want to make sure it's, it's right before we do. We've just been pretty busy with just the four we got right now. Yeah, yeah, the amount of testing and freaking going through and making sure everything's set up and having in stock and stuff like that. Like, there's just so many aspects to it that are so much deeper than, hey, I have this new call that I made today. Anybody want it type thing? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, another thing with going into this season, this would be our first season, our first full season with CNC machines and things like that. And we wanted to build a large inventory so that, well, one, we could hunt, um, and two, you know, we would be able to help service people better having more on the shelf, you know, because like November last year, yeah, we made a ton of calls with the CNC, but it was all basically made to order. Like we didn't, we didn't have time to make 50 calls at a time and throw them on a shelf or whatever, you know, didn't have time for that. You know, it was, it was make them as people were ordering them and, they can try to get them done so that so this year we're trying to help simplify that and just stock up a ton of calls during the summer like most guys do <laughs> well i can tell you if there's one thing i've learned if you want to lose hunting time try to make a a uh, a career in the hunting industry you'll see your hunting free time go down drastically yeah for sure a lot of people think you know it'd be cool to have a job an outdoor industry of any kind and after they get into it and realize you're working and not hunting uh kind of some second thoughts come about <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh oh, this this kind of sucks i kind of want to go back to just hunting for fun <laughs> yeah so what's hunting season comes around it's like it feels like we're working three full-time jobs between being in the shop scouting actually hunting you know trying to make a couple trips a year things like that man it's uh don't really have time for a lot <laughs> oh yeah and selling insurance on the side yeah doing that too uh <laughs> yeah definitely luckily i work from home you know 90 percent of the time so really that equates to me working at the shop you know if someone needs me for anything i got my my phone and my computer at the shop with me you know i can easily service that um that makes that Doing the insurance side of things has really helped me a lot with uh, being able to grow this and spending time in the shop. Yeah, yeah, very, very cool, man. And I know that it takes so much time and effort. And, uh, dude, you're you're off the starting line and you're freaking on a, a rocket pace. It's kind of cool because, you know, I, uh, I got out of call making for a little bit in 2018, so I didn't really notice your stuff until 2019 when I started paying attention to custom calls and stuff like that again. I was like, I I don't even know this guy. Where did he come from? And he's freaking just putting out all sorts of crazy stuff, man. So I had to. It's one of those ones I logged in on my brain, and I was like, I'm gonna come back and look at this again at some point, and uh, talk to this guy and pick his brain, man. Yeah, I've been following you from I think the beginning of the beginning of my time, at least. You know, you you really put out some really sweet stuff. And last two you posted were freaking sweet at CA Finish. Wow. I really appreciate that, man. I uh, They make nice-looking paperweights, and that's, uh, you know, that's all they need to be. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was. I really would like to get back to doing that a little bit. It's just hard to find time anymore to make some of that really sweet, fancy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, That's one I'll, thing I do miss <laughs> a little bit. I'll do that next head-to-head and uh, make sure it's not in the middle of hunting season. So maybe you can jump in on that and get some of those uh, hand-turned desires out of the way. Yeah, for sure. Kind of wake up the old manual ways. <laughs> <laughs> well, buddy, I know uh, you got to go go watch a football game today and go watch Joe Burrow lose his uh, his first game ever. Um. <laughs> well, go. he is I think he's going to win his first game, which was be the, what, the first, uh, first rookie quarterback to win his debut since 2003, I think. I think he'll, I think he'll do it. What's uh? Who are they playing? Uh, yes, me too soon. Um, actually playing a pretty good defense. Gosh dang it! The Bengals. I have to look it up. Yeah, I know, right? It's terrible. Um, Bengals are playing. Where uh the Chargers? Oh, the Chargers. Chargers, dude. Yeah. yeah, you're gonna beat the Chargers. They have nobody right now. They're, the Chargers are the favorite, but they don't have a quarterback. They got so. defense, defense, but yeah, yeah, you're right. They don't have a quarterback, right. and uh, I don't even think they have a running back this year. Yeah, so. I don't really know. Yeah, <laughs> so, it'll be interesting, buddy. Um, if guys want to reach out to you, brother, and check out some of your calls, go ahead and plug your email or your address and your Facebook pages and all that good stuff. Yeah, I mean. Pretty simple. If you're on Instagram or Facebook, just search Last Flight Calls, and we should be the first thing that pops up. Um, then, as far as our website, it's lastflightcalls.net. Um, and uh, if you get on the website, I mean, everything on there, if it's in stock, um, it means it's ready to go, and you know, we'll have it out the next day. And everything on the website, you know, that's up to date inventory. So um, if it's not on the website, we don't have it but it doesn't mean we can't make it, so just shoot me a message, and um, I'm always available from 12 p.m. to 12 a.m. <laughs> 12 a.m. to 12 a.m., you know. I'm always available 24-7, so just shoot me a message, and uh, I'm sure I'll respond pretty quickly. So. <laughs> well, Matt, I appreciate it, buddy, and uh, I'll let you get off here and go watch some football, and uh, thanks for waiting around on me, man. That Walmart trip was a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. Hi, no problem, man. Thanks for having me on here. It's fun. Absolutely, buddy. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your day, man. Thanks, you too. All right, bye. All right, guys. Matthew Hicks, Last Flight Calls. Very, very interesting guy, man. There, uh, I've seen a lot of his stuff that he's been coming out with lately, and it's been super cool. And uh, somebody who took the hang turn game into the CNC game and is making a real go of it so it's very entertaining and interesting to watch how those guys turn out man nothing but all the respect in the world to guys who are willing to take that on um if you liked it share it comment leave us a review get out there get yourself on that paperweight list at unstable calls and get yourself a adult i guess an adult piece of apparel go watch some football today um yeah have a good one